Welcome to the Lemper Report Live. A programming note, the Lemper Report Live will not broadcast on Monday, December 26th or on New Year's Day, January 2nd, 2023. Our regular programming will resume on Monday, January 9th. But be sure to check out supermarketguru.com as we will be posting new stories there throughout the holidays. Today, Sally and I will be sharing what each of us think will be the most important issue to be watching in 2023 and why. What Generation Z ranks as their top New Year's resolution, a look at Amazon's Inspire, a new after-hours restaurant in Vegas that only has two more days before it closes, but may start a whole new trend. Grubhub's top food orders in 2022 list, and the number one may surprise you. Be sure to check out Food News Today on SupermarketGuru.com for the most up-to-the-minute news feed, courtesy of our partnership with Zizen. Let's get started. So, Sally, you know, this this new report that has just come out, um, I find scary. Um, when we look at Generation Z, it's a Forbes Health and One Poll survey of over a thousand U.S. adults. Uh, it was conducted November 18th through November 22nd, and top line is they found that 45% of respondents noted an improvement in mental health as one of their top New Year's resolutions, compared to 39% who said improve fitness, 37% who want to lose weight, and 33% who cited improved diet. Um, what's scary is, you know, when you bring it down, not to all adults, but 18 to 25-year-olds, 49% of those um, cited, you know, improved mental health as their top resolution. That compares to 33% of 18 to 25-year-olds and 30% of 26 to 41-year-olds. Uh, the World Health Organization reported back in March that in the first year of COVID, global prevalence of anxiety and depression spiked by 25%. Do we have a problem? We do, Phil. And, you know, the great thing, I, I believe, is that we are talking more about mental health. And that is a huge win. Um, it is no longer stigmatized as much as it has been in the past. So it's a good thing that we're talking about it. And maybe that's why that those numbers have increased. You know, we also went through a pandemic, which, contrib which contributed to that. And we are looking at anxiety and depression increasing in children ages 8 to 18 as well. In fact, there has been a, a special task force under the Biden administration um, to address screening for this. So as far as being in the food world, you know, we are talking a lot more about foods that serve our mental health needs. Um, but yes, I think I see this as, you know, going into the year, something that we all need to, to make a high priority. Absolutely. And, and when I look at, especially for school age kids um, that in some cases weren't in school for a year, some cases two years, um, they, they haven't had the social interaction uh, with their friends in order to have fun, to relax. So all that has been taken away from them. So I really think that this is a very serious issue and we all need to address it, whether we're parents, grandparents, uh, people who who are very anxious. Um, we just need to ratchet it down a little bit um, to all get on the same playing field. 
Um, Amazon has announced a new TikTok-like shopping experience. It's called Inspire. Um, I went on my app. It's not there. It's only for a limited number of people so far, uh, so I wasn't able to see it. But basically what they're doing is, you know, they're going to have videos and images so you can then press a button and you could buy whatever that product is. Um, this article is really interesting uh, to me because of one of the things they say at the end of it. Most of Amazon's takes on social media tend to be fairly bland as the content only exists to push products. People browse social sites for more than just ideas about things to buy. They want to engage with creators, learn new things, laugh, and be entertained. So, you know, we've we've seen um, Amazon come up with a whole bunch of things with live videos and so on. But I think this article really points out um, very clearly what Amazon's problem is, that they're just focused on selling things versus really trying to be a social media channel. Yes, and I think that this is a really cool step in the right direction as far as um, trends are going with people getting engage engaging in social media. Um, you know, it does, it, it, it sounds a lot like, um, like, you know, scrolling through TikTok, like scrolling through Instagram reels and stories. Um, you know, this is going to be videos that customers can actually contribute. So it's not just the brands, it's customers, it's influencers. So there is more of a connecting with real people um, using these products and talking about them. Hopefully that's what they're planning on. Do you think Amazon can pull it off? I think they definitely um, they definitely have the opportunity. You know, they a lot of people want to shop on Amazon because we can get anything there and we can get it quickly. Um, but you know, seeing those stories about those products um, will make it even more intriguing. Yeah. So um, we just found out about this, which is why we're telling you uh, there's only two days left. Um, that if you're in Las Vegas between now and December 21st, Doritos um, has opened up Doritos After Dark. So these are people who get hungry, um, who want late night bites delivered straight to their hotel doors. Uh, Doritos says when they want it the most. Uh, Doritos Flaming Hot Cool Ranch Corn Puppies. Doritos Nacho Average Nachos. Uh, Doritos Spicy Sweet Chili Chicken Bites. And Doritos Cool Ranch Loaded Pita. So What's interesting to me is why Doritos chose just to do this from December 16th through December 21st, number one. Maybe there's something going on in Las Vegas. I didn't check uh, mm -hmm. that, that that's really important. That's going to have all these people do it. But I think it's a really interesting idea. And if, in fact, it has been successful, I think that not only Doritos, but other brands uh, might try the same thing, but not just temporarily for a week, but, you know, open up after dark places. I know here in Santa Monica, um, there's a bunch of the bars that have late night menus uh, for those people who, you know, I guess are drinking all day and uh, then want, you know, a late night menu from one to three o'clock in the morning. 
Mm -hmm. Yes. It's one of the things I miss the most about living in LA is being able to order food whenever I want, because we don't have that luxury here in Tennessee. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And you know, this, this whole Doritos after dark and Doritos um, recipes, Doritos dishes, um, it makes me wonder what they're doing on TikTok and what they're doing on social media to really um, hype up this idea, this concept, um, because it sounds like a TikTok trend, a TikTok recipe. Yeah, it does. Um, and talking about delivery, uh, Grubhub has come up with the top trends um, in delivery for 2022. Um, what's interesting, and, and what they do is they analyze millions of orders. Um, so these are what people actually bought. Um, so 4 million times burritos were bought, and that makes it the number one top order of the year. Uh, that's a little surprising to me. I wouldn't expect um, a burrito to be number one, would you? Well, I wouldn't expect it to be number one, but I, but I get it. You know, you can, you can put anything in a burrito. You can, you yeah. can be a vegetarian and eat a burrito. You can eat meat and, and, and eat a burrito. So, so that doesn't surprise me. What I, what I love about, you know, reading about how Grubhub is saying burritos were number one. I like how um, Chipotle got involved in this as well and celebrating the burrito being so big. They're, they're, they're such a smart brand when it comes to, um, when it comes to interacting with their consumers digitally. And so they're offering um, $5 off orders, $20 or more from Grubhub during the month of December to celebrate the burrito. Yeah. And uh, just to give you some other ideas of the top dishes, number two is cheeseburger, three cheese pizza, four pad thai, five chicken quesadilla. The top breakfast order was sausage, egg and cheese sandwich. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you, McDonald's, for introducing <laughs> us to that. Uh, top late night orders, talking about, you know, orders 10 p.m. and later. Number one is a chicken quesadilla, fried chicken sandwich, cheeseburger, mozzarella sticks, and cheese pizza. The top dessert was tiramisu. The top alcohol was beer, followed by margarita and hot sake. I'm surprised at the hot sake. Uh, top coffee order was iced coffee, not hot coffee. Hot coffee was number two. Um, the top milk alternatives I found really interesting, and we've seen this at, at Starbucks as well. Number one is oat milk. Thanks to Odalie and all their advertising, I guess. Almond milk, number two. Coconut milk, number three. Soy milk, number four. Cashew milk, number five. Uh, the top trending cuisine I found really odd. Number one was Australian. What, what kind of cuisine does Australian have? I mean, Australia is like America, you know, so I, I don't know what Australian cuisine could be. I'm very curious. I when I read this, I was surprised, and now I am so curious. I'm going to research what uh, what the Aussies eat. <laughs> yeah, we, we we have to find that. Also, mm -hmm. if you're a Prime Amazon member, uh, don't forget you can still sign up for a one year Grubhub trial membership for free for a year. Just go to Amazon.com/backslash/Grubhub. Um, so thank you, Grubhub, for, for sharing those with us. And we're going to find out what Australians are eating. Um, so Sally, what, what's the trend that you're watching closely for 2023 and why? 
Phil, I put some thought into this and I, I think what, what I'm looking at is what companies, what brands, what kind of karma they have, their company karma, what their story is and how they're communicating that to their shoppers. So when we talk about karma in the spiritual sense, it's it the Buddhist and the Hinduists believe that it is the sum of a person's actions in in this existence and and what that how that decides their fate in future existences. So if we apply that concept to companies, what we're talking about here is are you making it a top priority to treat your employees fairly, making them feel appreciated, inspiring them to believe in your band, your your brand, sorry, not your band. Are you taking a serious look at the urgent TLC that our planet needs and how is your company being a better steward to the environment? Are you contributing or providing resources to fight food insecurity and food equity? Your shoppers want to connect with your story and they want to feel virtue in their purchases so much that they want to publicly share it on social media, what brands and products resonate with their own values. Now, as we look at Gen Z, they're growing up and this, this coming year, the oldest Gen Z Gen Zer is going to be 27 and they are shaping digital interactions with authenticity. So it's time to put away the smoke and the mirrors because we want the raw feed. We want the emotional connection and the relatable qualities. I want to know that my money is not spent in vain, but it contributes to a higher result, a higher purpose that I'm a part of. So tell me your story, brands and retailers, but tell it to me in less than three minutes with humor, creativity, music and pop culture themes. Yeah, I, I think that your point about karma is just so important. And, and to build on that, uh, what's keeping me up at night these days is labor. You know, we've talked over the past couple of years about the shortages of truck drivers, poultry and meat processing workers, supermarket and restaurant workers, and even how some cities like New York City are pushing to make the minimum wage for food delivery workers, those 60,000 people in New York, to $23 an hour. We're also seeing workers at Starbucks, Amazon, Hershey's, Chipotle, Dollar General, Walgreens pushing to unionize. In fact, over the past 12 months, ending October 2022, workers have filed more than 2,000 requests told elections to form labor unions. Now, this is a good thing. Even though there are a lot of tensions at these and many other companies, the truth is that many workers are stuck in low-paying jobs, often without job security or benefits, and they can barely make ends meet. The pandemic shone a light on many workers' substandard conditions, and it's the time, especially as many food companies are reporting record profits to even out the playing field. The average salary of a Fortune 500 CEO is $15.9 million a year. And according to the AFL-CIO, the union I belong to through SAG-AFTRA, some of the CEO pay is just downright shameful. Peter Kern, CEO of Expedia, the travel site, was paid $296 million last year. Andrew Jassy at Amazon, $212 million. Rosalind Brewer at Walgreens, $28 million. Yum Brands, which is KFC, Pizza, Taco Bell, well, they paid Dave Gibbs $27 million. Walmart CEO got $25 million. Pepsi's $25 million. Coke, $24 million. $20 million each for the CEOs of McDonald's, CBS, and Starbucks. $20 million for Kroger. 
Um, at Dollar General, it was 18 million. At Hershey's and Mondelez, all around 16 million. By the way, I've rounded their pay to make it easier, and I'll stop there. But the reality is that as of December 11th, 2022, the average annual pay for a poultry farm worker, $32,923 a year. That's $15.83 an hour. At our supermarkets, a cashier gets an average nationwide of 11 bucks. Deli clerk, 13, and produce clerk, 13 an hour. What all this points to is added tensions in our workforce that I see playing out in 2023 with more unionizations, more strikes, and hopefully a more balanced pay scale. The pandemic gave workers, especially those that we dubbed as essential workers, a new transparency for all of us to see what they had to deal with and permission to speak up. What's on your trend list for 2023? Add it to our social media feed right under this Lemper Report Live, and we'll review them over the next couple of weeks and talk about them when we come back. On Farm Food Facts, I spoke with Elisa Cho, sustainability agronomy field lead at Bayer, whose top priority is advancing the adoption of sustainable systems and maturing the carbon market. For the complete episode, just go to usfarmersandranchers.org. Here, take a look at what she had to share. So what are the biggest challenges for farmers uh, to meet a successful transition to regenerative practices as part of the foreground by Bayer? Oh, that's a complex question. Each grower is going to have their own set of challenges that they're trying to overcome and their own sets of goals and, and, and challenges and opportunities in their system. There's really not a one size fits all with sustainable agriculture and regenerative practices. So it really does take a kind of custom approach to the grower to decide what's going to work best for them and the goals that they have for their operation. Ultimately, we're trying to drive improvements in soil health with foreground, and we're trying to connect growers to opportunities where they can benefit both financially and from an environmental standpoint. I want you to put on your professor hat for a moment. Uh, forget your role at Bayer. What's the critical role that farmers and ranchers play in climate-smart agriculture? To me, there is no such thing as climate-smart agriculture without farmers and ranchers. Ultimately, farmers and ranchers are the ones that are driving climate-smart agriculture, and many of them are already doing these practices and doing things that would categorize under this topic of climate-smart ag. What I think is incredibly important at this stage is for growers um, farmers and ranchers to have a voice and to be expressive in how they want this definition to evolve. And I think it's really important for them to be involved and active in expressing what they want Climate Smart Ag to be defined as and what practices and programs they believe would support them in reaching those goals. On today's bullseye, it's all about those ugly Christmas sweaters. Now, I don't have one, so I wore this shirt instead. Now, there's a twist this year. Forget those reindeers and Santas. Major brands and restaurants are getting into the ugly Christmas sweater business. Here's a few you may want to avoid. Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Sleigh Sweater is decorated with snowflakes, lobsters, and a sleigh filled with the cheesy biscuits. 45 bucks. Don't despair. They also have hoodies and beanies. Swiss Miss now has a hot cocoa scented holiday sweater complete with an insulated zipper pouch you can use to keep your cocoa warm. 
$60. It also has a reversible sequin pattern that can read, I'm hot or I'm sweet, depending on how you're feeling. Pearl Milling Company, what used to be called Aunt Jemima, created a family stack sweater that comes in two people, three people, and four people varieties. Each sweater has oversized pockets that are large enough to fit a bottle of syrup and a spatula, I guess what we all need, so you can whip up some breakfast treats together. Now, what's interesting is they don't sell it. They had an online sweepstakes where you could win one. Pillsbury limited edition Doughboy sweater is decorated with a giant picture of the iconic Doughboy himself and comes with a button that you can press to play his infectious laugh. I don't find that infectious. That's from the company. The sweater even has a scannable crescent roll on its left, left sleeve with access to recipes, baking tips, and more. So as you're walking down the street and you're carrying the Pillsbury Doughboy, you can expect people to come over to you with their cell phones and click that QR code. Budweiser has, of course, a holiday sweater with their signature Clydesdale horses, but they also sell one that shows cans of Bud and their logo. Theirs will set you back 55 bucks. And last but not least is the Taco Bell Christmas sweater for $47. You can wear a photo of a taco in the middle and several packets of hot sauce in varying degrees of heat. It also has flames embroidered along the top. So, Sally, any Q&A today? Yes, we've got um, we've got Mary Miller wishing us a Merry Christmas. So same back Merry to you. Christmas, Mary Miller. <laughs> and um, and then we have John Pendall, who says South Africa has some great hot hand pie type offerings. Bunny chow, anyone? I had to look that up. What bunny chow is. Do you know, Phil? I have no idea. But on on the Grubhub, just just to reinforce how smart John is week after week. Um, number two on trending. Uh, cuisines. Number two was South African, uh, had a growth of 294% year over year on the Grubhub list. So tell me what it is. So it's a it's a loaf of white bread. Um, the middle is hollowed out and filled with curry. Either a, you can you can do a vegetarian curry or vegetarian beans or a type of meat. So it's just white bread with curry in it. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> uh, so to all of you, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and of course, all the best from all of us here at Lempert Report and SupermarketGuru.com for a wonderful, happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. We will see you back here on January 9th to kick off 2023 together. We'll be checking email, social posts, and of course, posting the latest news right on SupermarketGuru.com. Cheers to a great 2023.